children of all ages, welcome to the Wrestling Den. I am your host, as always, Macho Man Ricky Savage. Yeah. Please go follow us live on Rhode Island Broadcasting, YouTube, and Sports Unfolded. We are live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Not quite. We're at 7.05. But, hey, we're very, very close to bell time. Just a little shy. Technical difficulties. Either way, follow Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Unfolded. By the way, you can also follow the Wrestling Net on Facebook and Twitter as well. At the Wrestling Den on Facebook and at Wrestling Den TM. That's right. We finally have a Twitter now. And we have a Facebook page, so please go follow us. You can also follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts if you miss all the action. Trust me, you don't want to because it doesn't get better than this in person. But you can listen to our voices if you want. Follow us on there. So anyways, we are your premier source of all things wrestling, past, present, and future. I am your host, as always, my Jomian Ricky Savage. Yeah, and this is my co-host. Nick, the soon-to-be Wrestling Den World Heavyweight Champion. There Soon to be. That's what you are. Mm-hmm. But where is the world title? Where is the world heavyweight title right now? Is it with Kenny in South? I don't. I, I certainly hope not. I mean, there's the old behind me. But don't you worry. I always come from Pitt. I got Miss Liz right here, brother. She's got her own seat. Yeah, she's always with me. Every time I go to work, guess what? Miss Liz. Ah, Anyways, well, we have a special. Don't episode. worry, you're, you're gonna have to get some bubble wrap, some packing tape, a box. Because not only am I gonna beat you with my superior opinions, you're gonna have to ship it to me. And and the humiliating aspect of it is you shipping it to me, going off to the USPS and sending it this way. So, I will say, I have all that stuff already because I got some stuff in today for my key <laughs> No, you're like, but, no, it, because, no, it's truly because you anticipated that I'm going to beat you, beat you like a step-headed red child. Now, see, I do. <laughs> I do have all that stuff for you. But the, the thing is, the problem is you're not getting the spell. Mm-hmm. You're not. It's just not happening, dude. I'm, I'm, dude I've been undefeated, undefeated. That's because you got you got like a, a NWO ref. You got like a Nick Patrick in your back pocket, and he's been over here like – I don't know, rigging the whole thing for you. I won't lie to you. I do have a special guest referee, but you that stay tuned for next week. Anyways, we have a fuck. We have a very special, special episode for you. As you can see, she's been branded. There's no way, no way, no chance. I'm losing this to you, dude. There's no chance. We'll see. We got another 60 minute Iron Man match here, Rick. We'll count the falls. And we'll see yeah. Let's see it. So, so despite special, having a special guest referee in my back pocket for next week, this week we are going old school. We're going back in time to SummerSlam 91. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna be covering SummerSlam 91, and we're also gonna be interviewing a wrestler who embodies old school wrestling in the present. He's one of the most youngest up-and-comers that I've seen in a long time that has the potential and the charisma to carry us all on his backs. He's only 20 years old, ladies and gentlemen, and he's been wrestling for Limitless Wrestling, and he's been all over. This man, the myth, and the future legend is known as Robert Martyr. And if you don't know and you haven't heard of the Mapoli, the South City Stretcher, or the Poison Youth, you will know who he is after tonight's podcast. So without further ado, I think we should uh, we should probably 
probably do the interview first. Whoa. Is that me? That's me on the Wrestling Den podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I, I appreciate you. Appreciate you taking some time out. Uh, as everybody should know, this man is is a very busy man because he's an actual wrestler, and uh, he he's going to actually catch a flight tomorrow. Yeah. So we, we appreciate yeah, he, he doesn't tonight. just he just he doesn't just get on here and talk about it like we do. He actually does it. <laughs> yeah, he's he walks the walk. Hey, we used to walk the walk too. We, right, we right. did. You know what the funny thing is right now about these three people right here? All three of us have been one way or another a part of uh, a different universe called WWE 2K19 for me and, and Robert Martyr. Oh, yeah. Uh, creator wrestler. And me and Nick actually go back to 2006. Jesus. Yes. All right. So three people here have all started with like online wrestling and, and doing storylines and stuff to actually being two two knuckleheads that do a podcast and, and a knucklehead that wrestles and wants to be on it. Yeah, it's weird. It's crazy how things like that line up because, you know, usually when you're just playing games for fun, you don't think, oh, I might actually do this for a living. <laughs> you know, you're just no, like, it- I want to see Tajiri beat Taz's ass. On my creative fucking universe. Right. <laughs> There's a swear jar. Oh, but, shit. Uh, swear jar, baby. Yeah, the other thing, too, Rick, is like on the opposite side of that, there's... Hey, Pete and Paolo's um, defense. We, we, we're, we're playing wrestling video games, and now I own a video game store, and he was playing wrestling games, and now he's a wrestler, and then you're doing a wrestling podcast. Like, so it's it I, all... I there's a whole, yeah. whole thing here. Which, by the way... Uh, I've known Martyr for some time now, and uh, you know what's what's great about this interview is that I feel I feel comfortable because it's not just talking to to some guy and, and asking him questions. I actually have some previous history with you, and it's it's cool to me to see how far you've come up in, in such a little time. Uh, I actually want to say for the first question of this interview is when did you get started? Uh, I the year was 2015, and I was 14 years old. So yes, uh, I got started. At 14, and I have been doing this crazy thing ever since. Um, before that, though, I was a boxer, and uh, yeah, that was a <laughs> boxing was a, a, a thing that I did, and it was very, um, very interesting because most of my family does it. So I was kind of like trying to play my GameCube when they were like, "No, you have to fight people." So I was like, "Okay." <laughs> have you have you ever like worked your like like your movement, your boxing movement, like into your actual matches? Like, have you ever? Carry that over. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've, go ahead. I've, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've added it a little bit, but I, I don't think I've made it my whole spiel. Uh, honestly, for anyone who has seen me wrestle, they, for boxers, they see my footwork and they're like, oh, he probably boxed once time before. So, right, right. yeah, it's it's very. I've gotten that from like other people that have seen me wrestle that also have boxing experience. They're like, "Have you ever boxed?" I'm like, "Actually, I did." I'm like, "That makes sense." Um, is there, yeah, I watched one of your an matches. Interesting, I was gonna say, is there an interesting like um, kind of transition between like full on throwing punches and then working punches? Like how your brain has to tell, you, like, interpret, like, "Oh, I cannot put everything I got into this." And your like your previous training and your current training would maybe uh conflict that way well dude it got so bad that i was just like let me i i started because everybody teaches you to punch the turnbuckle right mm. i'm like that's not working so <laughs> i i literally just used my wall like my well i'll show you right here this this is full concrete uh 
And right, and, and then you might want to pull your punch a little bit on the full concrete. Yeah, so I just decided, okay, I'm going to punch the wall and until I – and I just kept recording myself and I said until I can punch the wall without my fist bleeding – Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it one, looked like a real punch. Then just play some Fortnite before at the end, and then you're all set to go when you're I'm punching all that wall. Set. Actually, no. You might I'm actually going, break the wall down. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the train level uh, from Grand Theft Auto, and then then you'll see me really. The, 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 the greatest one. San yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I still. I still haven't beaten it. CJ, CJ. Right. All we had to do was follow the damn train, train. CJ. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so Jeez, I was going to say, I, I I saw so one of your matches. I saw where you were like throwing a fl- like a flurry of punches. You know. Yes. So clearly, like I actually I, I like that. So I, as my character, as you know, like the radical is like a technical brawler type deal. So yeah. like when I made my character, that's how I kind of did it. Techn- technician, but has like a kind of like a brawler sense. But it talking real life with your matches. Um, I seen that just as, as an example. So that that was to me what kind of asked me like had me ask that question is because I saw you actually kind of like you did like like a, like a flurry on him and stuff, and I actually liked that style on you. Like as as your style, I kind of liked the idea that like when you're mad as Robert Martyr, the poison youth, that you see this aggression and like that's that's the cool thing about your character. My uh, my biggest thing was like um, I always resort back to wrestling that's kind of my rule with my style i will always resort back to wrestling whether it's any type of stipulation i will use wrestling to win but there comes a time where everybody has their breaking point and they're just like screw it you know i'm done so that's when i there's that little thing that snaps in my head i'm like screw wrestling i'm gonna punch you in the face and uh because wrestling's supposed to be a sport you know, it's supposed to be a gentleman's agreement between two competitors that we are not going to punch each other. So when that's broken, and it's broken so often that it's almost not even a rule anymore, uh, it's supposed to mean something. So for me, I'm just trying to bring that back to, like, I will always resort to wrestling. Wasn't the concept of, like, taped fists and stuff, that was usually reserved for, like, street fights and grudge matches and things like that. It wasn't necessary, like, back in the day, it wasn't supposed to be, like, everyone's hitting each other with closed fists and stuff. That was more Guy, so for unsanctioned stuff. Yeah. yeah, guys who taped their fists back in the day, people don't remember taped fist matches. Taped right, fist right, right. matches. Which is a, now a thing now. Yeah. That's, knuckle a, brawling. that's a thing yeah. now, um, but for a long time, because you, you, know, you look back at the Attitude Era, punching was allowed. Punching was a right. very much a thing. So why have a taped fist match when you can just punch in any regular match? <laughs> right, but, do whatever you, you want. You know, um, yeah. but before... You know, you would see Tully Blanchard and me Fernandez in a tape fist match. They'd have their yeah. hands wrapped up and they just slam at each other. And it's like it's not a wrestling match anymore. It's it's a fight. Like Harley races. Kind of, no, and, and yeah, like you're Harley- saying, you try trying to bring it back to that basic where it's like most it's going to be wrestling pure wrestling and then if you gotta take it, that boxing background's going to help you out if you have to take it. That yeah, way. and interest like when I. Um, I started high school when I started wrestling. So I immediately, I was very naive and I would hear JR on, you know, uh, on commentary be like, he was a, a fantastic amateur. Now let's see what he'll do in the pro ranks. And I'm like, okay, so if I do amateur wrestling, I'm just going to go straight to WWE. That's how that works. Uh, <laughs> so that's why I got into amateur wrestling, thinking that if I did this, WWE would be like, hey, Kurt Angle. Bam! Right, sign right, right. Robert Martyr. 
Right. Signed to the but fans. for every, every yeah. amateur wrestler there is in the world, you got to think there's your Shelton Benjamins and your Brock Lesnar's and your oh, Kurt yeah. Angles, right? And, Kurt but, Angles. and you're like, you're, yeah, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, that it's it's that easy, right? Except like Kurt's an Olympic gold medalist and Brock was like a national three-time national champion or something three-time yeah. all-american yeah um, yeah actual actual science creation and, from the lab and then right, and, you, and you just a genetic busted, lunchbox. Down, busted down the door to the gym and you're like where's my contract what's up where, yeah where yeah where is my where's my uh yes a wwe 100 percent wants a 120 pound 14 year old boy uh <laughs> <laughs> Why not do it, dude? Anything's possible. I, I've seen Jungle Boy's partner right there, Marco Stunt. Anything is possible. When you have anything stunt. is possible, but also like people don't give Stunt credit, man. That dude can sell. Holy fuck, he's great. Another I mean, when you're that jar. small, <laughs> I mean, when, yeah. when 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 you're that small, you got to bring something to the table. So for him, it's like the Spike Dudley attitude. Like he's just like yeah, I'm there to entertain Spike Dudley. I was See? about to, which is like Spike the Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, I was like, wrestling. some guys, some guys have to be able to sell their ass off. They don't have the physique, and they don't have the like, size. Yeah, yeah, it's like you have to be something more, and so you got to be able to get uh, press slammed into the crowd like Spike Dudley. You yeah, know? Also, like, like, you got Marco your Spud Webs too, by the way. Mar Spud yes. Webs, Spud Webs, crazy. Uh, also, I met, I've met Marco. He's insane. He's an he's a crazy person. He is not normal in any shape he, or form. Uh, you got to have that to make it in wrestling. Too. He's absolutely willing to take literally anything you ask him to, and it's very scary. <laughs> I worry for him. <laughs> well, that's the thing. As an entertainer, though, like like Orange Cassidy, when he po pockets his hands, you know, and then he dives to the ropes, like doing things like that, that are like that's that a little risky. Him. Yeah, it could. People don't All realize that could a hundred percent kill you. Your 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 foot gets caught into the rope. You just drop on your neck and you break it. Or you just actually the right, rope right. with your neck. Well, it, no, sometimes running. I worry about how they handle certain spots, high spots in like AEW in particular, because like what was it? Matt Hardy got like super duper hurt doing some um, unnecessary stuff that didn't, didn't he concuss need to himself. Be. I'm trying to yeah, remember. He, well, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I just remember Rebby Sky just losing her fucking mind on the other short yeah. jar, losing her mind yeah, yeah. Uh, on Twitter. Like, oh god. Well, and and, and <laughs> what people were pointing out is like Matt Hardy when he was in his twenties and they were doing you know the TLC matches and stuff. Okay, he, they're, they, he's these hungry guys trying to get over. But Matt's like established now. He's, Matt he has should nothing be to prove. above. Yeah, yeah, he should be above having to do some death match. You can just chill stuff. out, do his thing, his little ooh, right. like woke and shit. Delete. And then, yeah, but I don't think he's doing. Yeah. It. I think he's. Hey, listen, if, if he gets access to the swear jar and gets freebies because he's he's being interviewed right now, I'm gonna let you know. I'm in on the game too. All right, anything <laughs> goes. No holds barred. No I holds apologize barred. Apologize to anybody listening. If my nephew's listening right now, please tune this out. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> uh, but oh, now's a good time since we do have a, a pause. For anybody just tuning in, by the way, please go follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Uh, go follow us live. We're always live 7 p.m. every Thursday. Rhode Island Broadcasting, YouTube, and Sports Unfolded. That's where you can follow us, at Sports Unfolded. Also follow us on Facebook, at The Wrestling Den, or Twitter, at Wrestling Den TM. Follow Sports Unfolded, at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, other than that, our special guest of the night is Robert Marner, who we are actually asking questions right now and yeah. he's got answers for us because got answers as marks we all want to know what it's like I to have, be in the I, have a, I have a question for our host 
which one of those things should they do first? Because you're like running down how many Everything. things they're plugged it's, into, it's, and I'm like, do it all at the same time. All yeah, at the same same time. time. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot for me to cover. We got our gracious host, you know, we got Ron and we got Eric well, of Sports Unfolded and Rhode Island Broadcasting. So we got to make sure we always thank where, those. Where those. can we find? Where can we find uh, more on our guest though? Uh, he's plugged into social media. Where the Stretcher RM. Yes, on Twitter and and at, anything else, please do at Death to Martyr. On Death Instagram. to Martyr. Yes, there you go. Follow the man. Since so as he, he, you can follow his meteoric rise to the top when he gets it. to the moon, baby. Most importantly, follow right now. This man is is on fire, and, and we're gonna we're gonna get into that. So actually, one of the things I did want to ask you, Robert, is uh, talk about like your boxing style, and then talk about how you know there's that that the sport. And how there's like a, a pretty much a, a verbal agreement between two men that they will not throw punches. But has that happened to you in your time of your career? Have you ever oh, had to actually kind of like hit that hard with somebody? Oh, yes. yeah, where it turns into a when when the work turns into a shoot. Um, actually, <laughs> some a, potatoes, a of, right? A cu- yeah, some some receipts. <laughs> I've given plenty. Yeah. Um, there you go. Definitely, and have taken plenty. Uh, because sometimes I get excited, and sometimes I get a little <laughs> bit too excited. <laughs> And, you know, big old vet that's uh, wrestled way longer than I've been alive is like, bam, slow down, kid, grabs headlock. Um, <laughs> right, 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 right. But um, it's got – it hasn't happened in so long. Um, actually, the only time recently is when I wrestled Fit Finley's son, Brogan Finley. Brogan not Finley. David. That's right. Brogan, Brogan. I wrestled Brogan Finley um, last Saturday – no, Friday. Um and uh yeah last week and i slapped him and i caught him right in the right over here and then he was like welp when Dang. <laughs> oh, no. and i finally like my my uh my jaw popped out of place and that's not legit popped out of place so if you when the match airs you'll see me actually like you'll think i'm selling the jaw no i'm actually grabbing my jaw and putting it back into place where it belongs because my jaw was hanging out like like that, like a little yeah. stuck. So I popped it back in and continue the match. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a CBS-sized receipt from Brogan Finley there. Bro, bro, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad because his dad was there watching. So, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. all I cared about was his – well, that's not all I cared about. But him, his, you know, Fit Finley is like my number one guy. Like yeah, you got him. You got your Harley Race. Is, is another one of yours, I believe. Um, I got Roderick Strong. Yep, Harley Race. Um, you know, the, Roderick Strong, Fit Finley, you know Brian Danielson. Those type of guys are all my biggest influences. Well, my my um, first uh, my first reaction to it. What about yeah, a certain Tiger? Awesome, your wrestling, yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, as far as actual like things getting out of hand was probably back in like 2018. I want to say 2019. And there was this guy, he will be unnamed, um, but he basically is a very big liar, and he doesn't know how to lie correctly. He was like, hey, he, he would always say something along the lines of, I have an NXT tryout next week, and then it would never happen. Or he'll say, uh, you know, my dad is getting me to New Japan, because his dad's a wrestler as well. No, no, like, no, he hey. wasn't lying at all, Robert. He was uh, playing <laughs> universe mode. He, like, he wasn't lying to you. Just- oh, it got misconstrued. He was playing universe mode. Yeah. 
and it was legit like he was like oh i'm going to wrestle kota Buda, uh, next week and i'm like when where is this announced where are you what are you talking about and then he would constantly this is his favorite one he'd constantly say uh i'm going to tna i'm going to tna and i'm like okay dude why are you still here go to tna um right. and basically uh we got in the ring and Honestly, I didn't know he was shooting on me until he told me in the back after the match. I was just like, okay, whatever. And he was very shocked at the fact that I was he that I wasn't reacting the way he wanted me to because he had shot on me. I'm like, hey, good match, man. And he's like, yeah, I shot on you. I'm like, you did. Well, can you try? Yeah, I didn't notice. I'm such a no. And if you if you know if you know sold it, if that did he really shoot on you? Like if you're if you're like if I didn't notice it's not a shoot like who's the mark now? Yeah, and I'm just like, did you really? And he's like, yeah, that's for that's for um costing me an NXT tryout. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I had I was I there had something happened with his mental health, and I had told a couple people to make sure he's okay. Apparently. That lost him an NXT tryout. So, yeah, that was his reasoning on shooting on me. And then I was like, okay, cool, man. And then walked away. And that was really pretty much the extent. I just remember he kicked me in the spine. Like he did the snapmare kick spot. And he yeah. kicked me in the spine as hard as he could. And that's where I knew something was up. So I got up and, and wait for. You didn't. It was, it was, is this the guy that you German suplexed really, really hard? Like that recently? One? There's a couple. There's a German suplex. He was in the he was in the really. promo spot that I made for you. He was the one guy that that you German and he's like oversold it. It wasn't that guy, was it? Oh no 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 no. That wasn't him. Um, oh man, that was no, so brutal is, German. This was this was a long. That's what that that one is a. That's a friend of mine. I did that to a friend of mine. Um, so, if, so if he'll he'll German his friends that way. Imagine what he'll do to his enemies. Oh yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I just German the shit. I was like, you're going up. Um. It says, what What are your short-term goals as far as wrestling? I will answer that question in one second before I finish this. Um, basically, I, I, had, I he kicked me in the back, and I just got up, and I punched him. Like, straight-up punched him. And then I grabbed the headlock, and we kept, <laughs> we kept wrestling. It sounds uh, like this guy was he, jealous of you, though, like, honestly. like I Probably. He has that reputation. But, uh, yeah, as far as my short-term goals... Um, I definitely want to wrestle outside the country by this year. By this year, I want to be be wrestling because I'm getting my passport later this month. Oh wow! Look at that beautiful, sexy, luscious. Don't, don't title. look, Rick. <laughs> don't get distracted by his posture. Wait, 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 wait. So, so when you say, hold on, Rick, hold on. So when you say out of the country, do you mean like what, what do you think first? Like a Japan well, thing, a Mexico I'm, I'm thing? Looking at, uh, I'm looking at Mexico. I'm looking at um, possibly the UK. Uh, mm. Japan is, 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 I, I look at Japan as the final boss because right, a lot right, of right. people have gone to Japan that I, not that I know personally, but a lot of people have gone to Japan and they go there and they go to the dojo and they're a week in and they want to leave because it's that bad. It's that hard. Mm -hmm. And it, it's that brutal on your body. And they're like, Oh my God, I wasn't prepared. So right, right, right. if I go to the places that they send the young boys to after they're done with their formal training mm -hmm. then i will be prepared are you gonna be so a red shoe um hopefully <laughs> why not <laughs> that'd be pretty sick to actually see you be in a red shoe dude yeah i would be, totally watch that'd be sick um 
but yeah, like I want to go to Mexico. Um, I actually was trained by luchadors, which a lot of people look at me like, are you serious? Yeah, I was, I had, I had none of my trainers, um, had any form of like technical wrestling in them. So mm. I kind of came up with that on my own, but yeah, I've, I, I don't know if you guys know that, you know, usually guys from Mexico specifically wrestle on the right side. I mean, I, I know you would know that, but, uh, um, they wrestle on the right side. So when you're locking up, you usually do it with your left, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but they're going the opposite. So everything they do, it's like bizarre world. They work the opposite side. <laughs> And I'm very comfortable with doing that. But when I walk up to, like, I don't know, a trainee, and I'm like, hey, want to lock up on the right side? And they're like, really? Wait, how do you do that? And I do it. And they're like, this doesn't feel right at all. It's like you're so used to going the other way that, like, yeah. you know, some people see, exactly. can do both. So, so yeah, yeah, I can, I'm ambidextrous as far as, as wrestling goes. goes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think what scares yeah, them a lot is, saying. like, if they go under and they, they forget, like, if they're usually doing it left and they go under to try to, like, make, like, maybe, like sweep. And then yeah, it's like, you yeah. go right, it throws, it's just your whole, everything's off. Uh, I show that? people non, um, non, like, like a non me, me, uh, luchador, luchador match. Uh, I show people, I think it was, I think it, I can't remember. Sarah Del Rey versus El Generico from a Chikara show. For mm-hmm. some reason, for some reason, they are both American wrestlers. Why would they do this? They wrestled the right side the mm-hmm. entire match. And apparently the story yeah. is behind it okay. is... Somebody said you can't do that, and they did it. Whole twenty minute match. Uh, well, it's right like uh, <laughs> what's that? There's that game where Larry Larry Bird, Larry Larry Bird shot with his left hand for an entire basketball game because he decided he wanted to. It's, it's like that kind of concept. You want to challenge yourself as an athlete, you know, mm-hmm. do something you're different. All, your so. left hand is only as good as your right, you know. So, Rick, like, what happens if you get hurt? Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you just fine. Uh-oh. Can you hear me okay? Uh-oh. You can? Okay. Mm-hmm. You might be delayed. Can you guys hear me okay? I must be uh, lagged out, I think. Uh, was it One of the things I was going to say since I have the floor. Yeah. Um, I was just listening to like Conan talk on a podcast. Um, podcast, talking about podcast, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Podcast exception. Uh-oh. I shall return. Technical difficulties. All right, I'll, I'll. I got you, Robert. Can you? Are you? Are you there? Nobody. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. You can hear me though. I can read your lips though. I'm reading lips. That's fine. I got you. All right, now I'm on the correct side of the whole podcast. Dude, I just had a whole sign language thing with Robert Morgan, dude. I was able to read his lips and see what he was – that was nuts. All right, I got this. We're good. Now right, you, you can hear me all right as well, Robert? I, you there? Still – all right. I can hear you, though. Can you hear me? Uh, no, I was just going to say that uh, I was listening – and I was going to say this to Robert as well. Like uh, I was listening to Conan talk on his podcast about how um, most of the time Lucha Libre wrestlers are known – for like the high flying spots and things like that. However, like they have to have a really solid understanding of wrestling technique to be able to pull some of that stuff off safely. Like when you get out of the ring and doing all that stuff, there, there's, there is a lot of technique involved in that. It's really not just throwing your body out of the ring, you know? 
that kind of thing. I think we need cue cards for Robert. Yeah, he's. I can see him, but I can't. I can't hear him. Wait, press your button on your on your headset again. Maybe maybe it accidentally got tapped. Cause you're flexing hard, dude. You're getting it. He's flexing on. Gates. All right, squeeze ball. I'm getting that squeeze ball. No, I got. I got. The, the juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> the cream rises to the top. The cream rises to the top. Yeah. Yeah. I can. You can you hear us? Can you hear he can, us? He can uh, hear us. We okay, just so, so all I was just saying to Rick was that uh, there's a lot of technique involved in Lucha Libre wrestling, even if it just looks like sometimes you're diving over the ropes and through the ropes and stuff like that, because Conan was talking about that on his podcast, where um, they didn't, ex like when a lot of those guys came over to WCW in the mid-90s, they didn't expect to them talk to have about a that. really solid foundation for, Well, let's you know, let's be real here, because they didn't just come over there. They WCW and WWE just picked from ECW. That's what ECW was, was a training ground. And they mm -hmm. didn't mean to be. These were their guys, but they kind of understood, like, all right, you're going big, especially with their whole thing with WWE that they had worked out where they did that that one Raw where, like, the couple weeks that ECW invaded. So either way, ECW had these guys, like, first it was, like, what, Eddie, Mer Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko, like, were throwing mm -hmm. on these five-star classics in ECW. Obviously, WCW and, and WWE took notice, but WCW picked them up, and then all of a sudden you got Chris Jericho going over, Ray Mysterio, mm -hmm. Uh, Hoovitude, uh, Psychosis. That was another two, Psychosis and, and you know, Hoovitude. But basically, the WCW is probably like the one thing that they had going right was the cruiserweight division. Mm. And obviously, the conversation at hand is at always is that somebody was overshadowing them, and that's downfall of the WCW. But can they hear me? We, we can, can now. now. Yeah, yeah back welcome back. Awesome. Yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. That's all back, we needed. Back so, to the so, uh, plan. I was going to say to to our point there about like a lot of technique being involved in lucha libre. Yeah, like you're saying, like you, you got your own flavor on what you're doing in the ring, but you were you were taught by some lucha libre guys, uh, you know, some of the basics and stuff like that. So, which can actually um, make a huge difference in the in, in the arsenal that you have. Like, oh no, it's ceiling fan, <laughs> ceiling fan guy. I will say this while while Robert's got fixing this is that as a South City stretcher, as he likes to call himself. Uh, if you watch how he moves uh, and how he, he pretty much he sweeps and, and just his wrist lock takeovers to his reversals and, and his mm -hmm. counters, um, you can see some of that fast, fast paced style. Guys like Alex Shelley that, you know, that I look up to as one of my favorite wrestlers uh, of all time is Alex Shelley. You know, he's he's one of the newer guys for me. And that's kind of the thing is he's not even new anymore. But that's what he is to me is like if you take a modern generation uh, I would say the 2006, 2007 Ring of Honor guys, those guys, including, you know, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, all those guys kind of are Samoa Joe, uh, Cesaro. Mm -hmm. All those guys are Joe, a class yeah. of their own. Um, they all brought these interesting characters because it was more so it wasn't about a gimmick anymore. Like Macho Man has a gimmick, Hulk Hogan. They still kind of had like their own like little things, but it's more so the sport, wrestling. It was kind of what right. was the gimmick and what kind of molded to what it is today. Yeah. Like, awesome. The, I think I'm back. You're right, back. Okay. Welcome back. Yes. I was right, say, yeah. Rick, your point being like, do your talking in the ring kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. you, not necessarily like those gimmicks, those larger than life gimmicks, you're Savage and you're Hogan and Warrior and stuff like that. That's great, but you still have to be, you can't just rest on your promo alone kind of thing. You got to be, uh, you got to be, you know, now solid in the ring as well as have a good gimmick. So, my thing is, uh, I've always wanted to 
uh, I know that the typical thing for a technical wrestler, especially still to this day, was you know, you know, let your actions, you know, uh, in the ring talk talk mm. for you. But my thing yeah. is, I, I look at the current landscape and I look like fantastic professional wrestlers like Drew Gulak, guys mm. like that that are on Simon WWE. Gotch. Yeah, Simon Gotch, who I've tried with so <coughs> who many times. was stretching the hell out of you, by the way. That yeah, was pretty. I don't know if you've seen that picture, but it's it's pretty it, deep. <laughs> talk about wrestling being fake, dude. Watching watching this guy over here getting stretched into a pretzel, like he literally had his like almost his his heels touching the back of his head. That's yeah. how Simon Gotch had him, and it's just not, like you can see choice, on his yeah. face. This wasn't just a hey, this doesn't hurt. This was like a oh my god, <laughs> I gotta hold this. People thought I was smiling. I was actually like holding my breath in pain. Grimacing. Was, <laughs> yeah, a grimace um, yeah. and a smile are not too far uh, off yeah. on the spectrum there. <laughs> um, but like, I I see like guys like Drew Gulak and and guys like that um, on WWE television, and and you realize all of them reach like a limit, mm. and then it, it just it's down from there. No matter how good they are, no matter how talented or or technically skilled. So my thing is, if if a, a wrestler like let's say a Dean Malenko had the personality of a Roddy Piper, I think right, he would be right. the greatest wrestler of all time. You know, like right, why right. not, why ignore a obviously very port, important factor of this business um, mm -hmm. to connect with fans, to connect with whoever is watching. Why ignore that? I don't understand right. the well, statement. Uh, you can still be incredibly good at your craft and incredibly technically skilled and the best technical wrestler or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and and have personality and and make me want to watch you and that's my right. goal. I I don't want to just be the silent technical wrestler. One of the mistakes that they make too in WWE a lot is if you don't have a lot of personality, they think that a really funny dynamic is to point out that you don't have any personality. Like and so like with Dean Malenko or Steve Blackman, right? They did this thing where it's like, oh, these guys are boring, right? So that's what's funny about them, and then it's kind of a joke. And I'm like, okay, well now you're detracting from their in-ring work instead of giving them a gimmick that works or a storyline that works for them don't point out to me that they're boring if i already had that suspicion i don't need you to make it any worse <laughs> you know i it's a, it's very interesting you mentioned that because they did the thing the same thing with daniel bryan when he started he's like oh he's a vegan and he does yoga no but only michael loser. only michael cole was saying those things <laughs> and we all hate michael cole we all hated his opinions so we were like that just got daniel bryan over more because michael cole was such a goon you know what i mean like yeah nobody cares what michael cole's gotta say so speaking of uh stuff like that though rick uh, we were gonna do our SummerSlam breakdown stuff is, i I, uh, I do have some does questions robert, though okay I, I just real quick though i was just gonna say if once we transition to that is, is robert ever see you ever watch SummerSlam 91 yeah i have i have seen it i've seen the whole thing um it's so, just, so i mean you could st to... you could stick with us if you want and we could run down the match card you can kind of give us a some opinions on that too once no we problem. get there i, I yeah. can do that yeah i know that uh, you said uh mr perfect versus bret hart that one sticks out the most to you so yeah. that that's gonna be interesting too because that's actually one of the good what's my opinion of pat mcafee he can go and i'm gonna say this right now he oh can go gosh. fuck himself right. well, we all, look look we only got 20 more minutes let's not get on mcafee now okay all right, let's, yes. let's... <laughs> all right. so robert i want to ask you real quick so is, is it true that you wrestled with elijah burke Yes, he was actually what I consider my first match because I, I had wrestled at 15. Um, I had my first real match in front of people um, at 15, but I was really only doing jobs. And, you know, they're, yeah, they're matches, but what do you, it's not, 
a match. It's just you sell and you die, and then that's it. But my first real, real match what uh, was, in fact, against Elijah Burke because I had went to a Dean Malenko seminar in Miami, Florida, and I was a selected to uh, wrestle. And were you able to show off your, like, your arsenal with him? Like, were you able to do, like, oh, yeah, the yeah, just, yeah, special? Was, no, well, I was in a mask then. I was, uh, I was... Oh, uh, you're... Your other yeah. character. I was, I was, that was, I was like, what, 16? What, what yeah. was his name? Pegasus Dark. Because I Pegasus wanted to be, Dark. I wanted to be the wild Pegasus's son. Mr. Benoit's son. I wanted, but like, I couldn't. Like, like, like the bastard son? Or like, yeah, well, I, was, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just knew my trainer, Ricardo Rodriguez. Yes. The same dude who announced Alberto Del Rio. He's my trainer. Um, I I do remember you talking about that. I totally forgot about it. So it's funny. Yeah, un underrated, underrated. Uh, people don't people don't know he was a fantastic, fantastic luchador in Mexico, like crazy. He was he, he was trained. He's trained with super crazy. Trained with Ricky Barvin. He's wrestled Mystico. He's wrestled all these guys. So right. he he he's fucking great. Swear jar. Um, but <laughs> basically, at uh, least he's uh, aware of it. Yeah. yeah basically. Yeah, yeah trying to think um just to get through this quickly uh yeah i had i had i was the punk rock luchador the heavy metal honcho to pegasus dark and that's he gave me arm drags i think i did a hurricane runner to him and then that was it but yeah that was, was the highlight i bet yeah you're like, but still, like how many i was people like i'm getting now getting my I, shit in i give yeah. a i give a hurricane runner to elijah burke you know yeah yeah, it was great. He, he's awesome. I love Elijah. He, I don't think anybody's really gonna get like. So that's the thing. A, a high profile guy like when you're when you're first around wrestling, you'd be lucky if you could even pull off the arm drag on him. You know? Because like, oh yeah, absolutely. Right. He gave me the world. It was ridiculous, and we wrestled for ten minutes. Ten minutes on my first real match. With that's Elijah like a long Burke. time. Like it's a short time, but a long time in in terms of being in a ring. Like it, like yeah. ten minutes with with Elijah Burke is is sweet, especially if you're not he, just being he, tossed. He could have he could have just squashed him, Elijah Express, and that's yeah, like, no, like no, this no, guy's no, like no, I no. shook his hand and then he whipped me off the ropes and then that was it. I didn't see anything it, after that. You're like bad. I don't remember any of it. I was a bit concussed. And it was also uh, in front of like the biggest crowd I had wrestled in front of at the time, like 200 people. So it was like. Pretty crazy, highlights. yeah. Highlights, um, highlights, yeah. But now, yeah, now, have... go ahead. Sorry, go uh, ahead. I was just saying, if you had me any more questions, we'll we'll run through them if you. All right. <laughs> so uh, then, uh, okay. So you wrestled Elijah Burke, who uh, today, right now. So I, I will announce two things coming up for you. Um, but today, as of today, for the people that you've wrestled, who, I guess, who is the most known wrestler that you have faced? That I have faced. Um, yeah. It, man, that's that's a hard. Besides one Elijah Burke, I guess. I've wrestled, um, uh, man, Danny Birch from uh, yep. NXT. I've wrestled him. Uh, man, there's that's that's a good question. I'm wrestling JD Drake. That's the, the guy. One of the guys I was going to mention. I so JD Drake. JD Drake. Uh, man, you're really giving me a hard time right now. I've no. I've wrestled some <laughs> dudes that have definitely he, been on TV. So um, he's one quarter of the the wingman on on AC, AEW. Yes, uh, I have. Uh, I have. I am wrestling um, Jacob, uh, Fatu. Jacob Fatu in August. Oh, that's that's it's, there's it's, a good. Yeah, that's the one that I'm looking forward to personally, because um, I that is a huge match for you. I feel like it is. Like it would be yeah. for me, Dude, and it's <laughs> biggest match of my career. I'm I was still... gonna say that's a, the, a wrestling family dynasty member. You know, so yeah. <laughs> but he's face broken, <laughs> like, Finley. Dude, like this guy is facing. 
like people that are in wrestling dynasties. And then that's kind of, it is a hard question to ask you because when you're facing guys like Brogan Finley and you're facing, you know, you're facing Jacob fat too, but you got two guys right there who are part of a wrestling lineage that you get to go one-on-one with. Yeah. And, and you know, the opportunity is amazing. I've wrestled for, uh, uh, the wild Samoans, uh, wrestling schools show. So I I've gotten to meet, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the two original wild Samoans, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a plan. I've been, I I can't, uh, um, Afa, Afa. I've been to Afa's house many times. So yeah, (laughs) that's, that's a privilege right there. That's mine. It's so, it's so weird because you walk into his house and it has what, it has so much memorabilia of him and Hulk Hogan and him and Ric Flair just chilling. And I'm like, there you go. <laughs> you're like, I know a guy who knows a guy, a guy. right? <laughs> you're, you're feeling like a yeah. fanboy at that point when you're in his yeah, house. You're like, just you're like, not like, I, like, oh my god, I dude, pretty much met Ric Flair at office house. <laughs> he has Gary Albright's boots in his house somewhere. Whoa, in that's, his, awesome. that's insane. He's just got him like chilling in like a, a spare closet, like in a box. Dude, he doesn't even care. It's ridiculous. Doesn't he? It's like, oh, this is Gary Albright's boots that he wore in the UWFI in 1995. Like, so. what the. F- are you serious? And it's like those are his. It's great. All right. So Rick, yeah. Hey, any more questions? You wanna you wanna jump into SummerSlam here and kind of go over your initial thoughts? Like again, I watched it a couple weeks ago. You just watched it recently, so you wanna? I, I want to say we might we might as well just jump into it, dive into it now because there's actually the first match. I don't even remember it happening. Honestly, Coco Beware. I don't. It's, I don't remember it's that probably, match. It's, a, it's, it's probably a dark, pre-show. It's, yeah, it's a, a dark, dark match. match. It's a yeah, dark match. Yeah. Um, I had heard about it. Um, Listen for four ninety nine. If I paid four ninety nine a month on Peacock, I deserve to see that damn dark match. Okay, I don't want to go on YouTube searching the scouring YouTube's confines to find Coco Beware wins via pin- pinfall, and nobody even saw right, it. Right. Yeah, I don't know no. if you guys guys know, but WWE has like a, a website, like a secret website called the WWE database, and like the network only has, I think, like a, like not even a quarter of that right now. Yeah, it's oh, wow. insane. Um. But what's oh, the next match since we can't really comment on a dark match right. that we have never uh, seen? This was the, so what started off for me, what I saw, was a six-man tag team match. It had mm-hmm. the British Bulldog, uh, Ricky Steamboat Dragon, the Texas Tornado, which is Power and Glory, and the Warlord. I forgot who went over in that match. Who, who, who went uh, over? It, um, the Faces. The Faces. Ricky and them, yeah. And what, what cracks me up, too, about that match um, is, like, it's kind of a hodgepodge of faces. Like, yeah. Bulldog, Ricky, and then... But they had so Jerry much Von chemistry. Eric, you know? The faces had so much chemistry because of the guys yeah. in that match. Well, all, all fan favorites, though, too. Like, really hardcore fan favorite guys. So, I think so, I was cheering them. I think yeah. um, the the MVP of that match to me was was Texas Tornado. He had a lot of good spots in that, in that match. I don't yeah. think people remember. Um, but, all, dude... Ricky being Ricky is just so fun to watch. He just, Ricky Steamboat being Ricky Steamboat. He was kind of like the – he well, like, okay, so when you say hot tag, he's going to be the one who's getting getting his ass beat, and then he's tagging out. So he was doing a lot of that. Like, he was kind of, like, carrying the momentum, but he was the guy that was like, man, because that was kind of part of his character was, like, for the fans to get him over was, like, he was the underdog. So, like, he, to get British Bulldog in to be the hot tag, you know, Ricky was the one that was building that. That basis for for British Bulldog, you know, once he came in, the crowd was like, "Oh my god!" and they're, and they're cheering, you know. Rick, something I I noticed on the heel side on that match too is like Hercules Hernandez and Paul Roma, and then the Warlord. And so, like, what gets me about it is like Hercules Hernandez. I I'll, I watched a lot of stuff from like the late '80s with him, and he's like really Jack WrestleMania three, you know, and he's up against um, 
gosh, what's that guy's name from Portland? Billy Jack Haynes, right? Billy and so Jack he looks Haynes. really jacked. Yeah. And so later on in this SummerSlam 91, he's, he's a little bit older and he's got more of like his hair's longer. And I'm, I'm staring at him in this match for a while. And I'm like, who the heck is that? I was like, he looks so familiar. And I was like, oh, it's Hercules. It like took me like four or five minutes in to realize who it was. And I'm just like, oh, he just like, he just, he obviously filled out a little bit and then he had longer hair. So it, it kind of cracked me up that he looks so much different then than he did previously. Yeah. It's like that Triple H when he like he came back and he was fat. Like it was just like, you know, it's like you see 2005 it. Triple H, my favorite, my favorite <laughs> oh, yeah, H. It's crazy as he was having his best match. No, even more was. recently too. Like his recent match, you know, like when he did like 2013 Triple H, dude, where he was just like looking like Flair, dude, just all blown out. He's oh, chubby yeah. in his tights. He's Whatever. If, he, if, if, tights. If, he's, if he's still got it, he's still got it. I mean, it's... that's the thing about wrestling. And even looking back at like the old school aspect, like I'm like watching. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this guy, dude. But like just seeing some of the bodies in there, like you didn't have to be ripped. Like for Vince to like, like that's his thing. That's his ideal guy. They were on top. Yes. But you also had guys that he liked that were like. No, I, if it, if it was about size. Typhoon, Oh, I love those dudes. They, and they found two guys tagged them together that had the same exact body type. And that's such a rare body type, like Earthquake and Typhoon. It cracks me up that both of those guys look like potatoes. And then you put them out there. <laughs> and it, like John Tenta will kill you. That's my favorite oh, inside Oh, joke. I was listening to Bruce Pritchard about John Tenta as well. And he's like, John Tenta looks like he's 45, but he's like 27. In yeah, those he matches. Was like, he was like 27. Super, it's so dope, super young, but he just looks the like shock an old man. master. Now, Rick, you were you were talking about just to move to the next match real quick. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Brett versus Mister Perfect. Like, um, well, oh, something I just recently found out about that is in the summer, uh, ninety one at the beginning of the summer, Mister Perfect gets hurt. Yeah. Like he hurts he was, his. He back. was actually. He was actually. I was going to say that before before you mentioned it, but he was. Yeah. Very 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 hurt, and he was planning on retiring. Um. Mm. After that match, so in, in Brett's mind, um, that was his retirement match, which is why Brett oh, right, went right. over. Um, the original plans, which I found out, is is perfect. Was actually going to go over and retain. Are you talking about when mm -hmm. he heard his sternum on the on the guardrail? I'm pretty sure that's that's what we're talking. Like about. he flew yeah. off the apron into the guardrail, like hit his sternum, and he thought that was it. Like that was the one. Yeah. It it might have been that and a, co a collection of different collection. things. Collection. I just know he was he was yeah. wrestling hurt for a long time. That's yeah, what I know. And, I remember, and no, no, I'll tell you what about professionalism. If you watch that match, he, he like you have to you have to meet Brett with his intensity, you know, and physicality. And he did move for like he he's in, engaged in that whole match. He's not protecting himself, you know, as you would if you were really injured like that. And that that just speaks to his professionalism that he gave Brett everything he had because he knew he needed to go over, you know. What's um what's pretty impressive um and what people don't notice when they watch this match is how much uh perfect is actually bumping for Brett. Mm -hmm. You watch it and you realize and when you know the backstory, you realize that he is probably in excruciating pain because he has not you know, he he is he is not, you know, rehabbed, he hasn't gotten the surgery and he's bumping his ass off for Bret Hart and it was a right, right. It was a great it was a great match one of my favorites I, of all I always love I always love the dynamic of perfect comes out and his hair's slicked back right and he, and his outfit is on point and then by the time perfect leaves the ring he's like disheveled his hair's messed up Bret had ripped his singlet you know oh yeah that's he, an he just looks shot too. 
yeah, he looks far from perfect by the time it's over, dude. He looks busted. Yeah, he looks and, and like, up. Yeah, square yeah. jar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, and, uh, and that, that, again, just speaks to exactly what you're saying. He gave Brett everything he had, you know, and and and, and left without his clothes even, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> just to beat him out of his socks. So, I mean, it, it, what, what more is there to say about that Intercontinental title match that hasn't been said? So, I mean, next next match? Yeah, but... I don't even think um, Mr. Perfect tapped. I think it was like a Montreal screw job, dude. I remember like he put him in the submission and then that, that was it. They called the bell. No, dude, you saw his that. head. He was like, no, he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't, you don't, don't, have, don't have to have the match. You don't have to physically tap. You can verbally confirm. Okay, it could have been like, like Austin, dude. He could have just passed out. out his own blood, dude. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Okay, as soon as he point, yeah. as soon as he got as soon as Brett got the sharpshooter locked, it was over. Refereeing yeah, the bell, it was over. It. So. Um but what's the so, next match? Okay, so this so uh, this match is gonna be more unfamiliar for you, but we just talked about him. The natural disasters versus the bushwhackers, which had Andre the Giant come out in his yeah, in his yeah. crutches, dude. It was just Andre, which I, I wanna mm -hmm. say for this match, watching like Andre the Giant, like I had no idea what was going on. I'm gonna be honest here. Like I I, I'm gonna go back, and I, I definitely want to pick a point in wrestling to start, maybe 1985 or 83, and kind of work my way up. And I'm just saying, I want like a nice natural progression because I want to be able to talk about these kind of old school matches because that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Wrestling for me was more so WCW and then WWF attitude. So it's like I kind of missed these highlights in career. So this was a fun thing to do is go back and watch these matches because like I know these guys. But did I really watch these guys? No, I didn't. So when I watched this for the first time, this was new for me. So no context. The Bushwhackers come out, and they're doing their thing, and the crowd's getting into it. They're getting hammered, dude. And it's like the natural disasters come out, and everybody's booing, dude. You got Jimmy Hart out there, which, no, that, by yeah, the way, 95% yeah. of the content was like I watched the first hour. It was like all wrestling. And then it's like all these guys that had already done their matches, they would just go back and ask them, like, oh, how you doing now? And it's like everybody single, like every single character got more screen time in the back after doing their matches. And then it's just like, mm -hmm. this is 90s for you, man. This is this is how they, they conducted yeah. things. They do yeah. interviews with the guys that had already had their matches. And they, how'd you feel about that? It's like, well, if Tugboat ever comes out there again with me, like the earthquake and typhoon, yeah, yeah. dude. Uh, I'm watching these two big guys and then the, the Bushwhackers. And then it's like, was it they, they went out there like like Andre had the cane ready to go, but like the, the one thing that confused the most, Legion of Dune comes out, dude. And I was so confused by this. Like these two guys are badasses. They're coming out there and they're like chasing them off and chasing them into Andre. And then he's like he like lightly hits like Bobby Heenan on the back or whatever. Or uh, yeah. And like, well, Rick, they're they're trying to create a tag team division. Like they're just trying to keep the camaraderie going as far as like Legion of Doom. And if they, if they go over later, become the champions, the natural disaster are supposed to be kind of coming up base them kind of thing. they're just trying to keep that the whole concept fresh and you're just like hers and then the national disasters the nasty boys you're gonna doom and and you're and so the context there if, you, if you're not familiar what's going on here i understand what you're saying <laughs> yeah yeah, so, but, but, sorry, and I said Bobby Heenan, he didn't get involved. I will say, though, like, watching, uh, as far as watching SummerSlam goes, um, like, Bobby Heenan, that, uh, what I loved about that was that, um, we didn't talk about it, like, that Roddy Piper was out there on commentary with, uh, Grilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, and Bobby Heenan the whole time was looking like a dick, dude, and, like, Rod Roddy just kept calling him out, and, 
and all this. And like that was the biggest chemistry for me. Like that, the, the thing I was most tuned into was every time I heard Roddy say something to Bobby, dude, and like like Rilla's like, okay, knock it off. Like he was like Bobby was getting just like beat down the whole time by these two, dude, because he was just like saying stuff. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like he was just like so out of place, dude. Like when he went back to Hulk Hogan's locker room, he's got the title belt, and he's trying to like telling like Ric Flair, you know, get the better title or whatever. And, like he just slams the door on him and he's all like, I love when Rod, as soon as he came back, he's like, Bobby. And he's like, what happened there? And he shut the door on you. And, like Roddy's just like picking on this guy. The Troll. whole He's time, just dude. trolling him. Yeah. <laughs> and it was sure. great, dude. But <laughs> that hey, was my, interesting, my Rick, Rick, interesting fact about that. Andre, the giant appearance too. I think that's uh, from what I heard, that's the last, last North, one. yeah, last North American uh, appearance on really? like a W. From I, yeah, yeah, from from him, yeah, it was this last WWF appearance on the U.S. soil, which is yeah, pretty crazy. And then and then after that, they go on a European tour, which which was really cool because that European tour that he goes on ends in France, and that was his last like public appearance. So in it, it, at home and all that stuff, it was, it was a really cool, uh, cool kind of storybook ending as far as that goes for andre and unfortunately for him being like that was the big thing was he show up in the promo with the bush blackers comes out with them and unfortunately for that natural disaster of a match they're the ones who had to pick it up with a with a pinfall but mm -hmm. it leads to all that chaos and it leads to my two favorite guys coming out of the night was legion of doom to like kind of just like break up the chaos and be like yo we're here like if right. you want to go uh what a rush right and then and then yeah. it moves on to uh Virgil and Ted DiBiase for the Million Dollar Championship. Mm -hmm. What a match. What a match. I love this match. I liked this Roddy's, like, favorite. getting behind Virgil the whole time. He's like, Virgil, oh, you yeah, gotta get up. Yeah, dude, he Roddy's, was, like, Virgil's biggest fan in the, if, the building. If, we're, if, if we look at... Uh-oh. Oh, oh he's about to make a really solid point, too. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, um, no, I, I, I don't know if I remember this correctly, but I don't know if this is Virgil's, like real first big match or even real first match on tv it was or, his first I mean, big match like his first big big okay. match um, oh you were you were, you were saying robert though yeah you there robert can you hear us oh i see him now i see him i can't hear him or he can't oh. hear us He'll be so, back. <laughs> it had sensational Sherry in it. He, he's not really missing much with the Virgil match, but uh, mm -hmm. he, he, had, he had sensational Sherry as the, as the manager, you know, and she's dressed up in this whatever the hell that prom queen outfit was. And I remember, like, the, the, like, the match itself was, like, Ted DiBiase using the classic heel tactics and sensational Sherry. Like, you know, every time something bad would happen for him, like, she would, like, start screaming. And then, like, she got involved, and she hit, like, Virgil with like a purse or whatever. I thought it was like the title. Oh, please introduce your special guest. Oh, this we is this is by the devil. this is Milo. Hello, say hi, Milo. Milo. Who is also a meme, by the way. Yes, he is a very big meme. It's very rare appearance by Milo himself. Yeah, right, keep going, yeah. guys. <laughs> right, right. I, I well, like the Milo was reacting to Virgil versus Ted DiBiase. You know, it's like <laughs> which <laughs> honestly, <laughs> that match wasn't that bad. It, was, it wasn't. It, Keep in mind that is the peak of Virgil's career. That match that's is it. the peak that's of his fun. career. That's I, the biggest. That's from, it. That's it for Virgil, it. that night was a Mick Foley night for him. Okay, so it was actually kind of a cool. Like I was into the match. I was like, okay, so because I knew like with Virgil and like 
and I never saw this match before. Before, like I'm telling you, like this is the first time I watched it. So like for me, it was like, oh, is this the moment? Because all I knew about Virgil was that he was always following around Ted DiBiase, doing everything for him and getting paid for it, right? Yeah. And and obviously the backlash to that is like, you know. Anyway, yeah. right. so, the implicate the implication. I the understand. Implication, what you're <laughs> yes, exactly. Like this man would do anything for cash, and it was. It's just, in his bio too. Oh, that's that's terrible yeah. sellout bio right there. Anyways, so. The biggest thing was sensational. Sherry hits him with with the purse, which I thought was the belt at first, but it was it was a purse, and they, and they commentated on it. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, this is just that. That was the opportunity that he had for the million dollar championship. Lost it because of DQ, and then they kicked her out, and then they restarted the match, dude. And it, like it was like this big build up until he like like Ted DiBiase exposes the turnbuckle and like goes to slam Virgil in it, and then he slams him into it instead, and he and he wins. And I was like, oh my god, he won the belt. And then that's when he walked yeah. out with the belt. Anytime they restart a match like that, you know, like the decision's going to flip like that. You like, you know, the, the face is going over <laughs> or, or, or you have something that entirely takes over the entire show for way too long, uh, which is the jailhouse match, which was Monty basically spoiler alert, losing to big boss man. Uh, Cause he tried mm. to use his taser and then it backfired on him and he lost. So they get him into this awkward paddy wagon and take him off. And then the rest of the show, literally the rest of the show is just shots of Monty being dragged way too long to get into a jail cell. And it ends with like a, a, a shitty joke about how he's going to get like, you know, butt fucked in jail. We're going to another swear in the jar. Uh, baby. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jeez. Yeah, okay. So, That's, so the, it's the implication. I understand. And, yes. and, and again, it's, it's good stuff from a couple of big dudes. I mean, but, but it's it, more it was so really the, just the vignette, solidifying that they it was, got tired it was of more having so these gimmicks about the vignettes that they, they do after that. Like you're saying, they, they just show them getting taken away, getting processed. He's and getting then he's dragged in the for like and, 16 minutes like this, dude. And you just see him every time. He's like, please let me go. I'm Canadian. No, 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 no. Yeah, dude. And it's just so annoying. I just, every time he popped up, I'm just like, seriously, dude, just get this guy in the damn thing and get it over with. Like we get it. Right. The big thing was getting him to jail. That's what everybody wanted to see. It was a jailhouse match. That's what everybody wanted to see was him in jail. Once he was there, they dragged that thing out and they milked that, that tea right the, whole the, night the, long. the vignettes the vignettes were longer than the match so ne- the next next match legion to do versus the nasty boys which is the one i was waiting for so i will say as a fan point perspective i can see why these guys were over they were nothing like a like a, a classic traditional technician what was legion of doom was they went out there to kick ass like that was mm-hmm. and to me that was the cool thing about watching them is that i was into it as like a as a fan perspective i could see why these guys were so over in the 90s and like mm-hmm. the 80s like they just went out there and like they were just demolishing and they like when when you watch them in action and, no, and they're, they're doing they're, like tower of doom it was very ass beaters legendary ass beaters exactly you know dude the doomsday doomsday device, device, yeah. yeah yeah i yeah, was going to say about doom, that match that's what too they call it now. I remember distinctly whenever I'd see Legion of Doom like uh, video packages, that particular Doomsday device um, is in those packages and then winning the tag titles and stuff. And when they won the tag titles there, Rick, interestingly enough, they became the first team to hold the, I believe it was the NWA, AWA, um, and the WWE tag team titles. I think there's one more. I, I can't quite remember off the top of my head. Um, but that it's crazy that the Legion of Doom for like 10, that's like a culmination of a 10 year run of them just being the biggest tag team in wrestling. It was like the original Hardy boys when they had all these belts, like, like edge of Christian, the Dudley boys and the Hardys when they had all Mm -hmm. these titles because they had the WCW belts and all that. So it's like, these guys were like the originators though, when it came to like having like gold from different places and being like the first tag team to do it. They like, that's what made them special. 
So uh, on the next match too, because I mean Legion of Doom's great. I'm sure we'll get into him again if we go like summer. We didn't even talk about the Nasty Boys. We just talked about how the Nasty Boys got beat. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, don't, the I don't. I don't want to talk about. I'm not, like, I don't want to talk about. I'm gonna just say you gotta but at least mention the name. Like 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 Brutus the like Brutus the Barber Beefcake and the Nasty Boys. Sometimes I just like equate these dudes and I. Why think do I remember like this Hogan. next match being so high up on the card? I thought it was like one of the first matches I watched. Well, they, they, they well they they always have to have like a cool down match before the main event before you see Hogan. You so know, you gotta se- was, you gotta separate. The, but no, the he wasn't even the main event. We'll get to that. So IRS versus right, right, Greg right. The, the Hammer Valentine, who, by the way, I told you was the beatloaf of the wrestling industry, but I actually meant he was the Bill Murray. Oh, okay, Bill Murray got guy it. who's like out say, of shape. And all, like, all, all we all we gotta say about the Hammer and IRS is uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine is simultaneously. Should have done his out If he's, I can't figure out if he's fifty or if he's twenty five. That's that's how I feel about Greg the Hammer. Was it, what did they, they say? They, they, they introduced as the 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 figure four versus the W four. That's what they said. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, Bobby the Brain I think says that it's <laughs> uh, the W four yeah. versus the figure four. That's a, that's a, that's a great little line. That was fantastic. <laughs> but hey, I mean, good match. Uh, a, a couple of good. Uh, it wasn't really though. You know I mean, saying, like but... I saw the charisma and 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 Hammer, but like to me, it was just like I was watching this guy, and I was more confused as to why I was so into a dude who's nothing was something at the same time. Like it was his blonde well, hair. Well, was, t- you gotta think. You gotta think about it this way: is it Mike Rotunda, right? Is like that guy IRS is real name i was gonna say and greg valentine those are just good wrestlers into the story and if it's just a throwaway thing and if, and if it really was you know it didn't seem like there's much story around it it's still just a couple of guys you can put on a pay-per-view have a solid match and and that's that so um if anything rick i know we're, we're running out of time here we might have to do the match made in hell and then the match made in heaven uh at the beginning of next week it's possible i mean we can we could just basically tell you that the match made in heaven it's Macho Man Ricky Savage's favorite moment of the night. Yeah, right. So, and then, and then again, that, that's what we should do. If uh, it, I don't know if Robert's going to come back, but we should definitely thank him for coming on the show, answering our questions, and and being a uh, being a a great guest. So, I will say, as far as like, so this way you're talking about last week was you talking about because uh, we're talking about Iron Sheik, but he wasn't Iron Sheik in this match. He was Colonel Mustafa. That was his, and then you had General Adnan, and you had Sergeant Slaughter. Right, so, right, right. And, and they and were faced off it, with Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior in a, in a like what an interesting thing too. Like yeah, two on three handicap match, and and then like the added dynamic of um of Sid Justice, you know, like being the special he, guest referee. Like, yeah. oh, is he gonna turn on it? Like, who's he which like waiting way, for? Yeah, which way? Is yeah, he like going? Uh, at first it's like, which way is he gonna lean? Right, which and then the whole ma- the match. Yeah, does he go yeah, the down the road to down. the left or the road to the right? And it's right, it's right. like that whole thing was like like what? Oh, Hogan would bounce off the ropes and then he like bounced into him and like they would stare off and he was like, I don't know. Mm. And no, and, the and whole, they're obviously they're and obviously that with word too. Planting some seeds, seeds between yeah. Sid but, and Hogan. Because you know? that was the thing. Uh, it was like that was part of the whole story was we got to make it look like Sid didn't do it intentionally. But like there he is just in the way. So it's like it's like, oh, snap. Something's going to go down at right, any point right, in time. Right. Even though it was just like really, the, again, milking the tea and they didn't do anything other than they won, obviously. And then it's like. But the big thing what? is that match was 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 Colin Mostafa getting in his arsenal. Mm-hmm. General Adnan coming in and just doing like that weird, weird 
assault that he did like his like his his same moves then, that he would do the sl- basic slaughter taking taking all the real bumps yeah yeah and like and, he, and, and like and then would just come in and just like do like like with the meat slap it right over his back with his forearm and like just like clobber him with like axe handles and he was just really generic so it was like that was it, their whole dynamic tidbit about that match too so at wrestlemania of the, like that previous year um warrior was disgruntled because his payoff wasn't as big as hogan's and so what he did is he held Vince out for more money in this match. And he wanted to make sure he had the same amount. He got paid the same amount of money. And so right after this match, like immediately after his warrior walks through the curtain, they give it, there's a letter from Vince McMahon. And it says something along the lines of you held out for more money. That was a mistake on your part. Um, and then he suspended him right after this, like immediately. <laughs> and so that's an interesting thing about so that. It was Warrior a match goes made out. from hell. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, it, between, and it was really Warrior versus Vince because Vince is just like, don't do that to me. I'm going to pay you up. Because Vince's whole thing, his philosophy is get the match in the ring. Get the match in the ring. Get the, And so he got the match in the ring, but then he was done with Warrior after that until, until uh, I don't know if Warrior comes back after that or if we don't see him again till like 95, which is which it, then they had like this big falling out then too. So obviously that's that a was a whole thing. Yeah, and we'll, we, we're going to talk about that. Actually, we will get into that eventually. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. But as so, far as that so match that, goes. So here's your, speaking of toxic relationships, and I hate to be this way about it, but then we reached the match made in heaven. So, well, all, all I was going to say is that when Hulk Hogan won and then like Ultimate Warrior left, uh, he called out Sid Justice to come take his shirt off and do the, pose do the with the flex off. Yeah. So that was a little weird segment. And even like to this day, it's kind of like a little outdated, but like, yeah, and just do his taunts. But the match Dude's made over. in heaven. And you can say it's it's toxic, but that's just your opinion, man. And I will say. No, no, I know. I just watched the, the uh, a and I know, I know. The, the, the real thing and, that. And, and the, the, the truth is, of it, it is they were on the rocks and they were like in a really bad spot in the relationship, but then they had to be out there. Well, do you see it in her face? You could see it in her face when, she, when like, even like when they showed the vignettes, like you could just tell Macho Man's a crazy dude. Like you just, t- you just tell something was not all there, dude. This, this is the madness. You know, I'm starting to no, come and, insane, it, it, No, and it's still a beautiful moment because even if, you know, the truth behind it is this, that, or what as, have you. As a wrestling fan, you're appreciating it for what it was at the time. But once this all came out and you found out it yeah. wasn't as beautiful as, as it looked, not all – oh, dude, one of my favorite lines from Ultimate Warrior out of this was, uh, what seems to be, it seems to me. <laughs> like that right, right there, right. dude. That line right there sums up this this relationship with them. And it's like as a fan, you're watching them get married. And I the whole time I thought something was going to happen. Again, coming in as a fresh perspective, I saw the vignettes I'm like – Something's gonna happen out of this. There's, there's gonna be some kind of interference or something like that to kind of just break up the wedding, and you know. No, no, just- uh, it's an age-old th- thing in wrestling that that all contract signings, all weddings, all like they have. All has bets to are be off, baby. All every bets time, are off every time. Yeah. Every time, and but, so but I was no, expecting no, they it. Saw, they saw it through, and when well, they did do the thing later, you're like, oh, the wedding itself. No, they did the thing later at like the reception where Jake the Snake, uh, like a like a cobra pops out of a box. That's later. Um, but it doesn't happen like, there, here at the moment. So yeah, like, so they they gave you like the what you expected and then what you didn't expect, you know. Which is the most uncomfortable look from Miss Liz's eyes when she had to say, "I do." Oh, oh, uh, I love the thing that was. Oh yeah, that's what she does. She's like, oh yeah, like she was like doing his. Oh yeah, no, and, the she, crowd, no and, they, and that's the thing. The crowd just goes nuts because they go nuts. It, it, they, 
they're committed they to this relationship. They're committed to this abusive relationship between <laughs> Macho Man and Elizabeth. I hate to laugh about it. I hate to laugh, but that's that's the sad part about it. That's the Macho sadness. Yeah. No, even no, not even like you're saying like kayfabe. So kayfabe wise, he, he, even then he was very overbearing, and Art was imitating life. You know, and, oh, every but time me and talk to Miss Liz, and he just like. What are you doing? Don't be talking to Miss Liz without my permission. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, even yeah, coming yeah, out in his exactly. character, he was just, and like, oh, that's the thing. He pushed her aside and like, I'll focus on the intercontinental heavyweight champion. Yeah, of the world. yeah. That's right. Yeah. You're talking about like the WrestleMania 3 stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, pushed, Mary, Hart's try, Mary Hart's trying to talk to her and he's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was um, very and, like that. And he'd grab her hand and he'd rush off with her and like drag her along. And she's just no, got to smile. That's why they the, it's. It's the whole reason the mega powers exploded too. It was like because I love you like of, a brother. What you gonna do, brother? When I love you like a brother, and I love Miss Liz, but not what you're thinking. No, and, and you know what? I I often think when, especially after watching the Macho Man bi- uh, di- biography thing, is I'm just like, you could just tell there's this this relationship between Macho Man and Hogan, like. You know what I'm saying? Like they're buddies, they're friends, and they're on-air personas and all this stuff, and then the NWO together. But you could just tell there was like they were like frenemies all the time. They like they loved each other. You could tell that they cared about each other, and that's why it mattered. But that's why they were always at the- odds, is because he, uh, Macho was always in Hogan's shadow, and the alt- the consummate politician, like uh, that Hogan is. You just know that he's probably constantly using his his backstage power, you know, to, to stay one step ahead of, of macho. So I got, I kind of really excited though, because I do want to talk about this kind of stuff. I think I'm, that's the one thing that I do want to do is go back. Um, oh, we can do watch. a whole episode on Hogan and, and macho. And macho. So that means like, I got to do, if I, if, if I got to do that, that means I got to do like a little bit more research from the eighties into the nineties, because mm-hmm. that whole thing with the mega powers exploding and everything. And even well, into Rick, WCW, Watch from WrestleMania, then to get that, you'd go from WrestleMania 4 to WrestleMania 5. So WrestleMania 4 is when Hogan gets eliminated from this tournament, and then Macho wins the title, and then it's kind of like Hogan's, um, like having, or like Savage having what Hogan wants, like the belt and Miss Elizabeth, and and so it builds you have to from watch there. Everything, so in between, everything in between, everything in between WrestleMania 4 to, to 5. Yeah, yeah, because then at first they're the mega powers. They're on the same side, and then at SummerSlam mm-hmm. they do a match with it's Andre and DiBiase versus. Well, you Macho get all Man like their. That's where all like their golden promos come from because it was like because that's the thing Hogan would feed off Savage and Savage would feed off Ho- like Hogan. Like it was like kind of like that was part of like the relationship of, of this feud was like like Macho Man would say one thing and then Hogan would like try to like one up that thing and like just build off it. But we'll, we'll right, obviously we get jump into, into that. that. When uh, yeah. when the time comes, speaking of that relationship, as a quick wrap, uh, that that's eventually what our relationship's going to be like because you have something I want, which is that title, and you know I'll, I'll let the fans dictate how that goes and whose opinions are better and who who walks away with the belt. Um, but we'll we'll have to conclude that next time does that on mean, the Wrestling Den podcast. So does Kenny get disqualified from this match since he's in South Carolina and he and he can't be with us right now? He's he's not including this, but does that mean Robert Martyr can be? He could if he wanted to be. He'll see he'll stretch you, dude. You better watch out. So if you guys want, please go follow the stretcher RM on Twitter. Uh Death the Martyr on uh, was it Instagram? Go go give yes, him a follow. Yeah. Make sure you yeah. follow him. He's actually gonna be flying out and he's gonna be be doing some wrestling business. So he's he's leaving tomorrow. So please go follow him. 
and keep up to date mm-hmm. with his tour because he's going to have some exciting matches coming up. Um, his match with and JD Drake. Th- and th- definitely thank him for coming on and talking to us for sure. Yes, it, we definitely appreciate you, Robert. If you're still listening, thank you for coming on. You're always welcome back. So feel free. If you ever feel like talking wrestling with us, dude, and you got some time, feel free. We're every Thursday, 7 p.m. We're live on Sports Unfolded and Rhode Island Broadcasting. You can go follow us on Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify. You can follow us on at Wrestling Den TM on Twitter. You can follow Sports Unfolded. This is a lot of stuff, dude. I don't know if they're even going to follow the first It's a mouthful, one. dude. It's, it's a, a mouthful, couple mouthful, dude. Every, every week, I got to tell you where to go follow us. Just go follow us on the Wrestling Den on find Facebook. Us somewhere. <laughs> find us somewhere at Wrestling Den TM, Sports Unfolded. You get it by now. You, you get it. You know where to find us. We're going to do it every week because th- that's the thing. Broadcast, broadcast. That's why we got Ron. Ron, you, you got the bars there. Don't make me put a mouthful because it's just going to ruin it. Just he's take just it away, baby. more rope, dude. He's feeding feed you more, more rope. rope. I want you guys to do me one solid. If you could do me one solid, go follow us, and then you can find everything just at the Wrestling Den. We're going to create a podcast. Let us know who won this week because this was a very very interesting week. Let us know who won. Who's going to be your undefeated, undisputed World Heavyweight Champion. I already know it's me, so just go ahead and pick me. And if you don't, don't worry. I got, I got, I got, I got I think my back pocket for next week. We always appreciate mm-hmm. you guys, the wrestling denizen, for tuning in. I'm, I'm Macho Man, Ricky Savage. Yeah, and this is my co-host. Yeah, this is, this is Nick. the number one contender. The number one the contender. Title. The mega powers Nick, are imploding yeah. live in front of you right now, and we'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Oh, yeah, Miss Liz. Have a good one. We'll see you guys.